the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 41. Today, the Bible Study Podcast finishes the look at why bad things happen to good people with an episode called Where is God, Part 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is the eighth and final episode in this long series called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? To wrap up this theme, we're going to go back to Romans 8, which we touched on just a bit briefly earlier. In Romans 8, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into glorious freedom of the children of God. Now we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. We touched on the theme earlier about the whole creation groaning. We touched on that very early on in this study and said that if it feels like there are things that are going on that shouldn't be, you're right, that this is broken because of sin and separation. Paul says in these verses that all of creation has been subjected in bondage to decay and is waiting for the day that it too will be liberated. Now another theme runs through this besides the one we looked at earlier, and that involves words like suffering and groaning, but also with the word glory. That first verse, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with glory that will be revealed in us. That this is worth it brings me hope. It brings me hope that whatever we go through at this point is temporary. And these verses here that the Spirit intercedes for us with groans beyond our understanding also says that whatever we go through, we go through it with God. We don't go through it alone. And then the next verse is a very, very important verse on these topics. And then the next verse is a very, very important verse on this topic. But it's one that I'm going to read from the NIV, and it might be a little different than you've heard of. And it might be a little different than the version you know. The New International Version says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, you may be familiar with older translations that say, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
The wording here in the NIV is a little different in my understanding from Greek scholars that I know is that it's a better wording. So I'm going to read this again. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That wording is a subtle but important distinction. I have a hard time when people say that, well, everything works together for good. Because there are some times that I think there are situations that happen that are just bad. There are situations that are horrible and horrific. But I don't have a hard time with this understanding here from this translation that says that even in those things that are horrible, God is there and God is working for good. God is working to bring what good he can out of a situation that is terrible. It doesn't mean that we have to look at the situation and say, well, it's all good. But we can see that the hand of God is there. And this is a verse that is more consistent with the rest of this passage that talks about suffering and groaning. So let's read that verse and then the rest of the chapter again. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised from life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I find these set of verses fascinating because they are simultaneously incredible lows and incredible highs. They're filled with words like, we're like sheep to be slaughtered. We face death all day long. It says things like, famine and persecution and nakedness and danger and sword, all these terrible things. And at the same time, they are triumphant words that talk about what shall separate us from the love of God. And it goes through all of these things and says, not this, not this, not this, not this, nothing. Not only is the Spirit interceding for us, but Christ is sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us. Where is God when there is suffering? He's there with us. And there's nothing that can separate us from him. 
And one of the things that I think God is working on during these times when we're going through tough times or when friends are going through tough times, one of those things that I think he is working on when we say that in all things God is working for good is he is using those difficult times to draw us closer to him. If you wanted to get stronger, you would go to the gym and you would lift weights. And the more weight you lifted, the stronger you'd get. But if you just went to the gym and you picked up the bar with no weights on it, it would be easy, but you wouldn't gain any muscles. You literally build muscles by working against resistance. And I think we literally build faith because of the things that we encounter that cause us to need faith. And so one of the ways that God is working in those situations for good is that he is using those situations to have us wrestle with these things. He's using these situations and the doubts that they cause to deepen the faith, to rework some of the foundation and cause us to dig deeper. One of the reasons why this seemed like an important topic to address is that we do need to dig down like the man who built his house on the rock, who it says he dug down deep and built his house on the rock so that when the storms come and when the floodwaters come, we have something that is of value and something that will last. And so I hope that this particular series has been useful for you. The next series, which I'm going to start next week, is going to be on the church, the church that is and the church that is intended to be. And so we'll look somewhat at the verses in the Bible that talk about the church. And if you think I'm talking about a building, you need to come back next week. If you have any comments on this show, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.